Good evening and welcome back. I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster, and with me today to record Diz Dad's Podcast Plus number 17 are Tim Hicks. You're my favorite deputy. And Willie Crocker. Hey guys, welcome back. <laughs> deputy Willie's got a laugh attack at the moment, but we're going to, in, in just a little bit here, start talking about some different uh, resort options. You know, last week we talked about Walt Disney World resort hotels in the Disney Springs area. And one of the things we said when we were recording that was that there really isn't a value option in this area, just deluxe and moderate choices. The value slot in the Disney Springs area is pretty much filled by um, third-party hotels that are off property, but they now have uh, a menu of, of, um, inclusions that kind of blur the lines a little bit. And so we thought it was probably a good idea to talk about them as long as we were talking about the Disney Springs area. So we're going to dive into that discussion of uh, what, what Disney calls them more great hotels near Disney. Uh, and, and we'll talk about those in just a minute, but first we do need to thank our podcast sponsors. First, a shout out to our travel sponsors, Wicked Mouse Travel and Mouse Master Travel. They're both authorized Disney vacation planners with folks who would love to help you plan that Disney destination vacation that has just, you, you can't wait to get back out there when everything opens up again, and they want to help you do it and do it right. So you can check them out at Wicked Mouse Travel or at Mouse Master Travel. Both of those are .com email it, or .com uh, URLs. And Kingdom Strollers, Orlando's premium stroller and crib rental vendor. When you're ready to get back to the parks and you've got a little one and you want to maximize your experience, go to Kingdom Strollers. They will make sure that you don't have your days in the parks cut short by tired little legs. Check them out at kingdomstrollers.com. Okay, guys. Um... So last week we were talking about the hotels of the Disney Springs area and really talking about them as really good value options for a lot of folks that get overlooked. Um, this week we're turning our attention just sort of across the street, right? The other direction. Um, and, and looking at some hotels that a lot of people, you know, may not have considered at all. Um, and, you know, we want to make sure that people know about them a little bit just because they they are, uh, let's call them high value options in terms of dollars per square foot and, and you know, in some cases, good amenities for the price. Um, but we also want to talk about what, what makes them different because they're not, it's not a no brainer that if you get a cheaper rate at, you know, Best Western Lake Buena Vista, that it's a better choice than you know, the moderate hotel at, at Walt Disney World. So, so why don't we maybe start with, um, any, any experiences you have with, with particular ones of these hotels or, or actually even a step back from that, maybe we should start with what we're talking about here, which hotels qualify as, uh, Disney Springs area, non-Disney hotels. Well, I've been to the Hilton Orlando Buena Vista Palace a few times. I've never stayed, but I have worked with Kevin, who works in the sales office, and I know him pretty well. And that hotel is absolutely stunning. It's a really nice hotel. It has one of the best pools, non-Disney. It's also directly across from Disney Springs. It has a bridge that walks you right over to 
basically the Christmas shop and Earl of Sandwiches. So you're right across the street from Disney Springs. It's a huge hotel and it's I have to say it's like 22, 23 stories tall. So you really get a good value there. Yeah, so that's that's one of the properties. It's it's a little interesting. Hilton actually has, well, two and arguably three um, hotels kind of in the immediate area of Disney Springs, right? They've got the um, Hilton Orlando Lake Buena Vista, which is actually the newest one for them. Um, they bought it. It was an independent hotel. They bought it and Hilton did a complete renovation, which is one of the reasons it looks so nice these days because the renovation was done just about a year ago, right? Um, they also own the uh, Hilton Orlando Lake Buena Vista, which is also in the Disney Springs area there. Um, I think, Tim, y- you may have stayed at that one at one point or, or had looked at it at one point. Had looked at it at one point, yes. Uh, haven't, haven't, didn't uh, actually end up staying there, but I know somebody that knows somebody that stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> you always have to know one of those guys. That's yeah. right. Well, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting about that hotel in particular is that it's one of the um, hotels in the the Disney Springs area. It's not owned by Disney, but they actually have a character meal there. Um, yes. And, you know, it, it's not um, – doesn't happen as frequently. Um, it's a character breakfast, and, um, you know, it's your Mickey and Minnie character breakfast, but, again – it's a it's a really good value. Um, it's not maybe as extensive or as um, you don't have as many characters as you would get with a um, an on property hotels uh, classic character you know character meal, but um, it's got a much more friendly price point. And don't forget, they also serve Mickey waffles. <laughs> exactly. Actually, all the, the all the hotels that we're going to talk about tonight all serve Mickey waffles at their breakfasts. <laughs> Which is huge. I, yeah. yeah I, I know plenty of people that is that is a huge thing for them. Yep. Uh, and then the, the third Hilton Hotel, which we'll get to if we have time, because in on, on some ways it's really the closest of the hotels to the Disney Springs area hotels we were talking about last week. Um, and that is the Hilton at Bonnet Creek. Bonnet Creek is sort of the opposite side of Old Key West. Instead of being across the uh, highway to the south – Right to the south, to the southeast, it's northwest. We want to say it's the fourth hotel because Doubletree Suites is owned by Hilton. Ah, well, yep. okay. So we're going to get to the second bit. Okay, so you've got a Doubletree Suites in in Disney Springs, and then in Bonnet Creek, you have both um, a relatively new Hilton, and uh, it's part of the same complex as the Waldorf Astoria, which is the upscale brand owned by Hilton. Um, and so it's, it's part of the same complex. They actually share some amenities. It's a really interesting complex, but it's on the other side of things. So if we have time, we'll talk about those a little more. Let's start with digging a little deeper into the um, hotels in the Disney Springs area. Now they do, one of the things they have in common is um, they, they have been, and I'm going to add a big caveat here because we're recording this in uh, you know, Mid-April, Walt Disney World and all of these hotels really are closed at the moment. But at the time that they were closed, um, the hotels in this area were being given the opportunity to offer guests some amenities that in the past had been exclusive to people staying in hotels that were Disney owned. Um, So, I don't know, Willie, you want to take a stab at um, walking through the extra benefits that are available to these hotel guests, or at least were? So some of the benefits were the 60-day FastPass window, which is huge. Um, also, it's the 180 FastPass, the 180 dining reservation, which is for everyone, but it does add the 10-day plus on, which is another really nice add-on. And the other one was...
They were so giving them, They were giving the, them extra magic hour hours. Extra magic hours. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah, I went the other way. Right. It, it, it was not it's yeah, it's the extra magic hours is not the bus service, sorry. Yeah. I was thinking bus service and it's not magical well, express. And they all do offer bus service, but that's right. a big one. They don't include magical express. And the bus service, we'll get into this a little more, tends to run somewhat less frequently than Disney's internal service. Um now one and and I do think we need to mention you get the sixty day advance fast pass window, but and this is a, a kind of a big one and it can be a problem for some folks. It's a sixty day window, but it's a day by day window. It doesn't work like dining, right? You can't book all of your fast passes on the first day your window opens. You're booking for each park or for each day sixty days from that day, and and that can be a real disadvantage for some attractions. Um, you know, it makes a big difference for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. It makes a big difference for uh, uh, see, Slinky Dog. Slinky yeah, dog. Slinky Dog, but but less now because you know of Mickey Wars, and Minnie's but, is open. So right, but I mean, it's still. I mean, it's a, it's a rolling sixty instead of yeah. a full. Right, instead okay. of 60, as, as many as 70 days in advance, really. Right. Um, so it is something you want to be aware of because they'll tell you that you get the 60-day window and you assume that means it's just like it is when you stay on property. It's really not because not only is it an availability issue, it means you got to get up early in the morning, right, every single morning <laughs> to make those uh, reservations. All right. Um, so th- those benefits, though, which they started offering about two years ago um, – and and we can talk maybe at some point about why they they may have started doing it, but you know they started offering those benefits a couple of years ago, and it made these hotels much more attractive than they were before this, um, because you know the the things that are left out, the fact that you don't get magic bands, the fact that you don't get Disney's Magical Express, like those things could be balanced out by these new bonus features that you were getting. Um, so let's talk about some of these resorts and maybe a, a, a reason why somebody might look at one of these resorts and, um, let's start with B resort and spa. Cause it's one that I think has gotten some attention. Um, a lot of these hotels in Disney Springs have changed hands numerous times, maybe have been part of, of a number of different hotel chains at different times. The B resort and spa at one time was a, I believe holiday inn. Um, that is correct. It was the Holiday Inn. Yeah. Uh, and B Resort is, it's not a, a you know, a, a single owned hotel. Um, they are a small chain. I think they own two or three other properties in Florida. Um, but it's, it's, they bought it from Holiday Inn at the time. It was pretty run down and they did a very nice top to bottom refurb. That's been about six years ago now, I think. So it's getting a little long in the tooth, but, um, you know, they did upgrade the hotel when they bought it. Um, any, any reactions to B resort and spa thoughts about it? I just found it to be nice, not impressive. It's how do I want to put it? It reminds me of a Miami hotel in the wrong location of Orlando. It's, you know, it has the big blue all over it. The rooms have a lot of like kind of marbleish like look to them that doesn't remind me of Disney World at all. I know they're looking for higher end clients a lot of the time, and you know if you're looking for higher end clients, go stay at the Grand Floridian. Don't stay at the B Resort. <laughs> Nothing personal against B, but you know I know they have a spa, they have a really nice uh, local bar and restaurant that are attached to the hotel, but it's. I hate to say it, it's a Holiday Inn with a different name on the front of it, basically. But don't you find the rooms to be just a little bit larger than than some of the – well, when, when you're not talking about Old Key West, you're talking about you know some of the other uh, places that are, that are a little newer and have smaller rooms. I think the B's rooms are a little bit larger. They are, but they're – I mean, are you comparing to the All-Star? Well, so so that's the thing. I mean, price point to price point, right? You're probably getting more square footage for your dollar. And and the biggest thing I will say is that there are a couple of of room categories. Now, granted, they're they're upgraded room categories, so you pay a little more for them. But they've got a couple of room categories. They're um, captivating, uh, captivating room 
right, which is a deluxe queen, um, is a room that has a regular capacity of five. So it's a good good option for those folks who are having a hard time, you know, finding the right spot for a family of five with a kid who's too big for the fold-down bed that we were talking about, uh, you know, last week. Right. And then the other is, and this is another one that, that you know, takes care of, to some extent, that issue when you've got kids that are a little bit older and it's harder for them to share a bed. They, they're, um, they call it the stunning room, um, which is a family king with bunk beds. And so, again, you know, you get mom and dad can have the king bed and those kids can each get their own bed because it's a bunk bed. So they're separate. It only accommodates four, but it but, does so but with still, everybody in their own space. It still gives everyone their own bed, yeah, which right. is huge. I mean, like the Wilderness Lodge in the Animal Kingdom with the bunk bedrooms. Yeah. It does make a, a nice, you know, it's like, you know, the 15-year-old can sleep in his own bed or her bed. Yeah. And it makes for a nice, you know, choice. Right. Whereas a lot of the Disney properties, um, you know, you get your queen-size bed and you get the, the, fold-down, the fold-out couch. Well... You know what happens when you got a 15-year-old son and a 12-year-old daughter? You know they're, exactly. they don't want to they don't want to stay in the same sleep in the same bed. So that's a it's a nice option. Yeah. Um, and they do have you know decent resort style dining and and there's a pool. The pool's not anything fancy, but you know it's plenty big for the resort and and you know it, it's a place to cool off when it's hot and you get back to the resort. Um, so that that's B Resort. Um, you know, like I said, I, I think its best value is for those folks who are looking for um, a, a space because they've got older kids and they don't want to worry about sharing beds and they don't want to spend what it costs to get a room that actually offers, you know, three separate distinct sleeping spaces. Because um, you really have to go to a deluxe suite to get to that. Right. And then we can talk about those resorts when we get to those. Right. Another thing that happens um, with these places is, is whereas uh, Disney does not charge a resort fee, um, and these places do, uh, Disney is charging, what is it, $24 a night to park your car? And uh, I don't know that these resorts charge that much. Right. I'm just thinking about you know the the dollar. They do dollar charge, yeah, they do charge, but yeah. uh, and some of them charge the resort fee and parking, which can yes be and a no. Little, Here, this is a this is a little tip. This is a good one to know. Um, if you book them direct, you're going to pay a resort fee at almost right. all of these. If you book it as a package through Disney, you know you may not get the absolute best. Price. Pay for the whole thing in advance, discounted rate. You may pay a little bit higher rate, but it but it's refundable the way your Disney package would be, and 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 those have your one of the reasons that the the money is going to be a little higher up front is that it's got that resort fee built into it. They're not going to hit you with it separately per night. It's already calculated in. Right, the thirty four dollars a night or whatever it is doesn't show up. And then if you're there seven nights, that's real money. Oh yeah, I mean, that, yep, that's especially a, that's especially when the hotel night. itself is selling you the room for 150 bucks a night, and then it's 35 dollars a night for the resort fee, and another and 25 for parking, for parking or right. 30. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you paid you paid yeah. another you know 50 percent higher price once you figured in the the resort fee and the parking. It's ridiculous. And you could have stayed over at Port Orleans for the same price, right? Um. Now, one of the sort of, I guess, bargain properties uh, in this area is um, Best Western Lake Buena Vista. Yeah, Willie's making faces, and we'll talk about why in a minute. Um, it, it is categorized as a, a value off-property hotel. There's a reason for that. Um, Tim, you have any comments to start with, or should I just go ahead and give it to Willie? <laughs> well, like you said, uh, there's a reason for it. I mean, you, you really get what you pay for, and and this is uh, a pretty fine example of that. It's uh, uh, it, to, in comparison uh, uh, where this would be considered a value resort, the B would be considered a deluxe. Okay, if not, that's higher. what we're talking about, right? That's what we're. That's the difference we're talking about here. Yeah, Willie, have any other 
specific the comments? The only good make? thing about Best Western would be the location is pretty good if value, and I don't even call it value there because it's still pretty expensive for what you're getting. It's it's still in the $130, $140 a night with all the fees, right. and it's it's kind of gross. I mean, I hate to say it. Well, I toured the place for a good hour, and I was thoroughly unimpressed. At this point, it is probably the one – there are one or two hotels in Disney Springs that have not had a very recent refurbishment, and this is one of them. Um, and it, it shows, you know, you can tell that they haven't replaced the lobby furniture in a decade. Um, you can tell that the mattresses should have been replaced a couple of years ago. You know, they've been flipped two times instead of replaced. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, and, and it just, it makes it hard to, to really say, I mean, I guess my problem with it is that, yeah, it's, it's relatively inexpensive, but you're getting so much less for what you're paying that it's, it's hard to say that you're getting value, even though it's fewer dollars total. There's no value there. I hate to say it. Like, but you, you honestly could pay rack rate at any all-star and get a better room and get magic bands and get pickup service, the magical express and get, and you just keep naming it. Like you can use the dining plan. I mean, when you think about the bottom line is that, that just magical express by itself for a family of four is probably worth, you know, easily 150 to $200 at least in, in just, you know, cost for airport shuttle or rental car or, car service or something, especially if you've got kids that still need a booster seat or a car seat, you know, uh, it, it, it adds to your costs significantly because you, you pay like at every stage, you, you end up either paying more for the car service or you wait around for a shuttle service or you do the rental car and you're paying to rent the car. Then you're paying to have the car sit in the parking lot at your resort and you're probably not even using it much. Um, it's, it's just a kind of a, you know, you're stacking fees on yourself. Plus, you have to haul your own luggage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to go wait for it. And you have to do everything. Like, that's a pain in the butt. Like, the one thing I love about Magical Express is I walk off the plane and I walk on the bus. And that's – I think there are some listeners out there that uh, don't know exactly what Magical Express is. And that's that's uh, that's a huge benefit, in my opinion. You you They send you – they mail you out tags before you leave. You put these tags on your luggage. Uh, when you drop your luggage off at the airport, the next time you see them, they're in your hotel room if you're on Disney property. That's not something that you get with these these uh, uh, great hotels near Disney Springs. <laughs> okay, well, let's take a look anyway. for a minute at, at a little bit nicer hotel, right? The next one down alphabetically. Um, there is a, This is the, the other Hilton property that I forgot to, to mention that Willie reminded me about, which is the Doubletree Suites by Hilton. Um, now, my, my one complaint about this hotel is that it's it kind of oversells itself. I mean, they call themselves Doubletree Suites, but the, the rooms are not real suites, right? They're all studio suites, and I, I will say they finally have upgraded them to queen beds. That's fairly recent there. For a long time, it was, you know, a studio suite with, with, uh, double beds, double beds, right. Which was ridiculous. Um, but you know, having gone to queen beds, the, the flip side to that is that the rooms are a little tight with two queen beds. The other thing is a suite to me means you're going to be able to sleep more than four and you can't sleep six. That's no. not a suite. No, like and, a and suite. as a matter of fact, they don't even have – they have no rooms that will sleep five even. Correct. You have to have an infant to be able to sleep five. Yeah. Yeah, because it's weird. I mean you, you can pay premium pricing for you know the, the suite with special amenities, which is a one-bedroom suite with two queen beds and a queen-size sleeper sofa, but the max occupancy for the room is still for adults. And that's only because of the size of the room, because right. it, it because of Florida, Florida's yeah. code of law says you can't have six people in that room. Right. It's a, it's a fire code issue. Fire code. Yeah. Right. Exactly. 
So that's that's its biggest downside because the rooms themselves, I mean, they're fairly nice. They're fairly updated. I just they're updated. I mean, like yeah, for for a Hilton, they're updated. But it, to me, they felt small. They felt cramped. Well, they are cramped because you can't put six people in a suite. <laughs> you put four in. Like right. I mean. Hey, somebody can sleep in the tub, right? Yeah, lucky them. Like, what is this, spring break 2008? <laughs> All right. Well, I think we would agree that the better choice would be the Hilton Orlando um, Lake, uh, Hilton Orlando Buena Vista Palace. Palace. Okay. Yes. Now, this, is, this gives me a chance to just mention my one complaint about these Hiltons. It's a tongue twister figuring out which one is which. <laughs> but. Um, the reason this one I can remember is because it's the Hilton Orlando Buena Vista Palace, and before Hilton bought it, it was just the Buena Vista Palace. That was its name. Um, and I've actually uh, stayed there briefly uh, when it right right before Hilton bought it. Um, so even then, I thought it was pretty nice, and it was a little worn down at that point. I mean, one of the first things Hilton did when they bought it is do a complete top to bottom refurbishment. Um, but, you know, really good size rooms, um, comfortable beds. Um, it's a tower. And, and when you get up to the upper, even five or 10 floors, you can actually get some decent views of, um, you know, fireworks going on in Disney parks across the way if you get the right view. Yeah, I mean, that's how I only know of the palaces because I call it the tall one. Like it's literally the tall one. The other one has like it's like I think what's the other one? Uh, nine stories, eight stories, and this one's like twenty six, twenty seven, which is you know like you said, if you get up to like ten or eleven, you can see clear across Disney Springs into most of the parks. Kind of like your um, room you had at um, Riviera, Riviera, unlike right. my room, preferred room. <laughs> Sorry, from my standard view, I could see both. Uh, Hollywood Studios and Epcot Fireworks. Yeah, and Magic, and Magic Kingdom. Kingdom. That's right. right. And I could see the pool that was closed because it was 44 degrees. <laughs> not, no, I'm not bitter or anything. Don't worry. I, I know plenty of people that would still swim in a pool at 44 degrees. They wouldn't but even let you in. This one has a lazy river, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, it's an it's a really That's nice pool. It's got a lazy river. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a convention hotel, so they've got convention space there as well. And that is one thing you need to be aware of because this is actually – all of these hotels sometimes have this issue. But but this one in particular can have um, issues with parking, you know, even when you're driving your own car. Because with conventions there – you know, sometimes there are local folks who come to the convention that's at the hotel. And that what that means is that they end up using a greater proportion of their parking spaces. And if you, you know, leave in the morning, go to the parks and you want to drive home, you know, back to the hotel to take a break in the middle of the day, there are times in the middle of the day where that parking lot is completely full. And if you, you know, can't find a parking space, despite the fact you've paid for it, tough. Valet. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they put the car somewhere else. Right. Right, but that is yeah. Across the street at the other Hilton, um, but that um, the, my, our experience at least was that 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 parking lot was rather tight for a hotel that has does the kind of convention business that they do. One thing to know about the the palace though is that they do have a character breakfast on Sundays. Yeah, it's it's one of one of the other hotels that does have uh, the character breakfast. And, and and like you said, it's not you know as many characters as you might get in a in a Disney hotel experience or you know, Disney um, uh, uh, restaurant experience, but you know you get something. Yeah, and it's quality. I mean, it's still Hilton quality, which mm-hmm. is a big difference. And I'm a huge Hilton fan, so. Um, now the next one down the list is our other, you know, traditional Hilton hotel in the Disney Springs area. Um, the Hilton or Orlando Lake Buena Vista, right? Lake Buena Vista instead of Buena Vista Palace. <laughs> um, Hilton Orlando Lake Buena Vista is a little bit older property and it's, it's like, it's, it's turn <laughs> for a refurbishment, right? I mean, I, I don't know. It, I may have missed it. Willie, have they been? No, they're, they're the ones I that are waiting. I have not seen anything there that makes me think it's updated. It literally is like 2001, 2004 at the 
earliest. Like the couches are still uncomfortable. And it's another resort that only holds four people. Right. That's because it's another convention hotel. Yeah. I mean, it's a convention hotel. It's, you know, they're all standard rooms basically. And it's either a king room or, or a room with two Queens. Um, you know, the two queen beds are the big ones and they, they accommodate four. Um, I think that this is a hotel that, frankly, is sort of the victim of Hilton's other expansions in the area because, you know, I fully expect that they'll do some things with it in the next few years, hopefully, assuming they can afford to do it, um, to get it back up to par because, I don't know, this is the cycle. This is, to me, one of the biggest drawbacks to Disney Springs is the on-property resorts at, at Disney, you know, are on a pretty strict three to five year rotation. They're going to get a refurbishment, at least of soft goods, every three to five years. The the Disney Springs hotels, it's it's much more irregular and it, it can vary wi- you know, wildly even within hotels owned by the same company as we can see with the Hiltons. It's also, I mean, Disney has different dollars than Hilton does. Hilton has... What what do you want to say? Twenty five, three thousand hotels. Oh, maybe Hilton. Hilton is huge because remember Hilton is international, right? But you know what I'm saying. Just in the United States, right? You know, like every time they go to do something, you know, they say, "Oh, we're going to do Florida." Oh, we're going to do Georgia. You know, it's like, where do we put our dollars and our cents? And unlike Disney, where Disney's like, we got twenty five to thirty five hotels. And we have to do them every three years, no matter what. Right, exactly. And, and yeah, I mean, and, and Hilton hotels are, you know, there's a more complex issue going on with, you know, Hilton owns them, but there are local franchisees that operate them. And Correct. who pays for what and when and, and all those kinds of things kind of, you know. Right. Where do your Hilton dollars go and where do your franchise dollars go? Yeah. Yeah. Those can be ongoing issues. Um, and it's going to be even more difficult with the COVID outbreak now. You know, so everybody that has to stay closed down is going to hurt. Uh, even Disney's going to get hurt, going to be hurt by this. Oh, everyone's getting hurt by this. this but when you've got a- how, how many hotels? I don't know. I'll ask Paris the next time I see her. Um, <laughs> but that's that's a whole lot of revenue that they're they're losing right well, now. Well, yeah, I mean worldwide, Hilton yeah. is in 117 countries and has nearly 6,000 properties right so roughly 2000 in the united states isn't a bad guess and you think about if they update one one a month it would take <laughs> 25 35 years you know what i mean not, not right. years but you know what i mean yeah so like when they put money into a hotel it's it's a big deal right but it's definitely time to show this one some love. Oh, it needs a lot of love. <laughs> um, all right. So, and, and it's, it's just ironic because, you know, seven, eight years ago, this was the property that I would recommend for Disney Springs, but the tides turn, you know, it's, it's still the same hotel. It was seven or eight years ago, but it's seven or eight years older. And every, you know, there, there are six hotels that have gotten more recent, more, more, uh, you know, nicer updates. Um, now holiday in Orlando is sort of an interesting property. It, it's a, uh, Disney Springs area hotel as well. Um, and it, it sort of is, I don't know. It, it seems to me, it feels to me like it's a bit of an odd niche. Um, I know Willie, you were making a face as I was introducing it. What do you think? It's just, it's just, I, I, Got inside and I thought, oh my God, you know, you've seen all the old Holiday Inn commercials where like, we've made Holiday Inn, Holiday Inn again. And I got inside and I felt like you really didn't do anything except change the color of everything in the room. Like everything's now orange and aqua green, but nothing else has really changed. Like you didn't make it nicer. You just changed the color. And I grew up in a Holiday Inn where it was always green and everything was just boring green and dark and now you've just changed it to orange and green and it's still the same thing 
Yeah. Well, yeah. They, now I don't think that was the goal, right? They, they, it is what it is. It's a. It's a. My issue with it is that it is clearly a value property. Like that's how it's designed. It's it's designed for efficiency. It's designed for you know. It's easy to clean. It's easy to turn the rooms over quickly. The and and as a result, you know, you can get a pretty consistent level of service from Holiday Inn because they can turn the rooms quickly and they're not difficult to clean and you know all those things. But it, it again, it's back to the same issue that we have at the um, at, at the, the Best Western. Well, or at the Doubletree Suites. Where, well, but they call themselves a moderate. Right. They call themselves a moderate, but they don't even, there are no rooms that will even accommodate five. There are no suites. Um, you know, rooms either have a king bed or two queens, and they max out at four adults. Um, so, you know, it, it's just, it feels like to me a hard sell as a result. It's it's like, it's not inexpensive enough to really be a value, and it's there's not enough. It's not offering enough to be a true moderate competitor to me. I agree. I mean, there's nothing that makes me say, "Oh my God, I want to stay at the Holiday Inn." You know, two miles from Disney Springs. Like, it's nothing. Well, and that's its other issue is that the Holiday Inn is one of the farthest back. Correct on that sort of you know because the street curves away it from drives Disney Springs. Away. Yeah. And it's one of the farthest ones away. I mean, it's a pain in the butt to get to. You have to do a U-turn once you get off, uh, what is it, 419 and all that. It's it's not convenient at all to stay in a two-queen bedroom. Uh, Tim, do you have a, a contrary feeling of uh, uh-huh. that Holiday Inn? Well, the only thing I would say is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the air conditioning in in this is window units. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong, but that's that's one thing that would separate it from you know, from, or, or make it even close to being on par with a true moderate resort. Oh, I see what you're saying. That that they're that, yeah, and I don't know whether that's a blessing or a curse, frankly. You don't go over to the window and start pushing the button to go down to 60, no matter what, (laughs) (laughs) even though it doesn't turn down at all. (laughs) Right. You just keep hoping for cold air to come out. Exactly. But Uh you know that there are, there are places um, on, on Disney property that are a whole heck of a lot better as far as those go. No, that's true. Absolutely true. Um, all right, and then the last two that are actually in the Disney Springs area are both um, Wyndham properties. There's the Wyndham Garden Lake Buena Vista and the Wyndham Lake Buena Vista. Another one where, you know, there's one word difference in the name and you really do want to pay attention to which one you book because it's a different experience. Um, they're very different hotels. Aren't they connected to? Well, they share amenities. But the, the buildings are separate. So the Wyndham Garden Lake Buena Vista is sort of, you know, built more like a, a Disney resort in that it's, you know, spread out buildings that are, what, about it's like, six? It's like all-star. Kind of, yeah. It's like yeah. six or seven stories, you know, spread out broad. And then the Wyndham Lake Buena Vista has the big central tower. Right. I do remember that now, yeah. Um. Of the two, and I'm, I always get them confused because there's only one different, you know, one, one word difference in the names. If I remember correctly, the Wyndham Garden Lake Buena Vista did get a refurbishment recently, um, and so it, it at least looks refreshed. Um, but the, so they got new sheets. <laughs> and new pillows. Oh, and, nice. You know, the carpets got replaced and the lobby right. furniture that was I think, long I think overdue. I you are correct on that because when I did tour there, I think they were ripping up part of the garden yeah. part of the resort. And then we did do the um, tower and they were going to be starting on the tower. Right. So the tower, you know, who knows what the status currently is of that project. The the. The garden, um, again, has that problem of, of only having, you know, max capacity of four. And believe it or not, this may be one of the last hotels in the area that has standard two double beds. Wow. Which is fine if you, um, you know, 
like togetherness. <laughs> I guess. I mean, and there. I mean, and that's it. They don't have king bedrooms either. Don't colleges have queen beds? <laughs> I'm not making fun, but you know, like everyone has a queen bed, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, that to me, that's the big drawback. You know, if you're staying by yourself, and so it's not going to matter. It, it might be cheap and worth doing, I guess. Um, now, I, I want to correct myself because I'm looking at this now, and, and um, I think part of the issue is that that you know what I'm looking at is the you know what is offered th- through Disney packages, right? Because we talked about the fact that you get some benefit doing as a package through as a package through Disney. You don't have the resort fee separate and stuff like that. Um, one of the downsides is that at least online with a lot of these properties, they may, they may have room inventory available that doesn't show up in the online system. Um, and sometimes the only way to get that inventory is to go directly through the hotel. Sometimes you can't get it through Disney. Um, we've had that experience at Disneyland for years. And I think just because we've done it less often at Walt Disney World, people forget that that option may be available. Well, I mean, these resorts are very large. I mean, if you look at the garden, is it Wyndham Garden? I mean, that thing spreads out like an all-star. So, I mean, they're going to have capacity. Well, and, and chunks of those hotels are used by their Wyndham Vacation Club Correct. So, you know, there are suites because the, their, their membership points folks, right, have suites. And some of those you can book for cash, but you've got to call them for them and go directly to the hotel. You can't book them as part of your Disney package, which means you're back to paying the resort fee separately and the parking fee and everything else. And you're back to, you might as well stay on Disney property. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, Tim definitely has a bias. Yeah. Yes, I do. I, I'm sorry, I do. And so does Willie. Uh, yep. Well, it's, I mean, it's just you ask. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fair. It's, it's it's just the you know being on property is a really more immersive experience than than you can get when you're you know going off property. And to some people, you know, that's fine. Uh, if I'm going to be on vacation, I want to not think about driving and parking and and resort fees and you know, the bus only comes every 30 minutes as opposed to every 29 at the <laughs> at some of the resorts in, 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 uh, on property. But, um, yeah, that's, that's just, that's just it. You know, unless, yeah. uh, if you're going on points, you know, the Hilton Wyndham options that, that can make it a lot less expensive. If you you're know just what though? I gotta tell you, unless you accrue a ton of points, they're a really awful value in terms of using your points because Thank they you. they cost so much per night. I mean, if really if that's your goal, then you know, work with somebody and book direct with the hotel and collect the points and then use the right. points someplace Get the else. Points somewhere else. Because right. you're paying use so them in much Boston per night when, it, when you can't afford to stay up here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. But but I mean, this is probably a good place to circle back and talk about some of these things about, you know, why these hotels started getting these extra benefits that that make them worth being part of this conversation and why I was a little bit cautious as we introduced the concept um, at the beginning of the show. So, um, you know. I don't know. Do, do either of you have have your own? Because obviously Disney hasn't said anything about why, but but we all have our own theories. Um, either of you have a, a theory you'd like to share for why Disney started offering guests at these hotels some additional benefits? Well, I think there's some trade off there in that each of these hotels has a, a Disney store in their lobby. If I'm not mistaken, if, did I did I did I miss? You are 100 percent correct. Okay, they all, so all have a Disney store. So that gives, you know, that gives Disney something in return for, you know, giving, giving them that kind of uh, the best, the best service and the extra magic hours. And if you really look at each hotel, it says Disney tickets are sold at each desk, which is a huge thing. You don't see SeaWorld, you don't see Universal, you see Disney tickets sold at each resort. Yep. And that's a huge thing. And what else do they have? Character meals. Like you, that they're paying licensing you know, fees for. Exactly. 
Exactly. See, right. I still think though that the biggest piece here is, and and the reason I think that that it's unlikely Disney will continue to be offering these benefits for a whole lot longer, is I think in a lot of ways extending these benefits was a necessity because Disney ended up in a bit of a sort of um, room availability crunch because at one point they were renovating Coronado Springs, um, Caribbean Caribbean Beach Beach. and French Quarter at the same time. And then they started Riverside as soon as they finished French Quarter. And Beach Club was under renovation at that same time. Right. But but what I'm talking about, I mean, if you think about it, that's all the moderate, moderate. resorts, right? right? The only moderate resort that didn't have an active renovation going on was, you know, either Riverside or French Quarter, because as soon as they finished French Quarter, they started Riverside and uh, the, cabins. The, the cabins, which they right. had already done. And they don't have to, right. They'd already gutted those and put in the right. half kitchen. And so, but, but I think what ended up happening is, you know, the, the, the stuff that happened at Coronado and Caribbean beach was sort of off cycle and, and you know, Coronado had all this stuff because they built Grandestino tower. So they did work there and Caribbean beach was, was Skylander related. So they were out of their normal cycle and it just happened that, you know, three quarters of Disney's moderate resort inventory was in the midst of renovations at the same time. And guests were frustrated because with those out of the out of you know out of circulation plus at any given time one of the value resorts in the middle of its refurbishment there was a substantial problem in terms of the availability of rooms that were priced below a deluxe resort well and the other thing is people don't want to stay in double beds i mean you, you used to, like, the last thing you want to do is go on a family vacation. And the four of you, you know, two grown adults and two 13 and 11-year-olds sleeping in double beds. Like, it's just not comfortable. No, it doesn't happen. It's, no. But, but not, I think what it came down to is that they realized that they hit a wall because, you know, attendance was continuing to, to spike, but they had these people who were basically boxed out who who wanted to come and would have been happy to stay on property and pay their money to them but there were no rooms for them and so this was a way of of getting these people to go ahead and take the vacation and not say well we'll just wait until they finish the renovations or worse yet we'll we'll just go to the other places right we'll just go to universal down the road and that's what they were afraid of right and And because plenty of people were doing that Of course they were, because they they can go over to Universal and stay Hard Rock and get the, you know, unlimited Fast Pass for two days or whatever they call it in front of the line. And they don't have to go for seven days. There's only two parks. Right. But now, you know, I I think these resorts are going to suffer majorly. Yeah. Well, and so that's the big issue, because the other piece is that we're, we're starting to hear little bits and pieces of rumors of what you know, reopening of parks might look like. And there are a couple of different things that have been floated. Um, I think we all acknowledge that when they first reopen, it's highly unlikely that things are going to be back to exactly the way they were before the closure. You know, they're, they're going to do everything they can to not have situations like, you know, we're, we're not going to have what it looked like just outside the gates at Disney's Hollywood studios for a month solid after rise of the resistance opened, right? They're not going to allow that to happen where you have these masses of people in very close proximity to one another, you know, standing around waiting. Um, It's just not, it's not a responsible thing to do. Um, It's not going to happen. Like that's, that's long gone. Right. Man, I think I think we can do a whole show on, you know, rebooting, you know, Disney right. after the yeah. after the virus is over. Right. But I, I think it's relevant to this because, you know, what we've heard are basically a couple of, of things floating around out there as, as possibilities. One is that, you know, we wouldn't be surprised if we saw, and I think Willie's the one who, who reminded me of this, that, you know, well, you're the one who brought it up, that, that after 9-11, for example, they didn't open all four parks the next day. No way. One park at a time. And keep it simple. 
Right. So in the past, you know, they've ramped up basically opening one park, making sure everything there worked, making sure everybody was, you know, could handle everything. It's also bringing the staff back slowly. I mean, the last thing you want to do is bring back a hundred thousand people in a day and there's no one to be there. Right. Because I mean, you open Epcot and no one shows up. You're paying a lot of people to not be there. Right. Right. And, and it's going to take time. I mean, it's going to take time oh, to ramp up. It's going to be, take years. time to get everything ready to go again. And, you know, even if they've not been used, the kitchens all have to get cleaned and all that stuff. Well, and oh, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the, uh, the interns, you know, from different countries that, you know, that whole program is, has got to be uh, sorted back out again too. Right. And they've well, all been sent home. So yeah, they sent all them home and they've canceled mm-hmm. at least through, I mean, June I guess July. June, July, August, September, October, because they would have been through September. So into the fall of next year, there is no college program either. Now, we can talk – that's a separate issue. I, I think they did it on purpose. Not only do they not have to deal with housing and all that, which is one issue, but I think that after being closed for at least two months and probably a little longer, um, they wanted to have shifts to give to the people who actually earn their living doing this. Right. Um, Correct. And and you know I give them credit for it because it does cost. Them they're more. saving on college program and they're paying their employees to do their job. Right. But I mean, I, look, I, like I said, I, I want to give them the credit they're due because it's going to even though they don't have to pay for the you know they don't have the infrastructure cost of the housing, um, you know, cash members when they get back make fifteen dollars an hour because that's the union deal. Correct. So and that's not going down anytime soon. Right. So, you know, it's going to be pricey paying them instead of paying the much lower rate that they can pay the college program kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what one do you think about the, the concept of uh, reopening Hollywood Studios and just making the announcement that Galaxy's Edge is not going to be open when we first you know, reopen Hollywood Studios just to combat that whole you know, throngs of people standing in line at, at six in the morning trying to. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know that that's going to be the answer just because, I mean, all that does is move the line, right? It just means. <laughs> I, it I just puts them, it just puts them in the right side of the park instead of the left side yeah, of the park. Yeah, I mean, it, what it does is concentrate people everywhere else. Right, then you that's have true. no six feet at all, which I don't. I mean, six feet is going to be hard. Right. It's not going to be six feet, but. No. Um, no, the other piece, though, is exactly that, right? That especially initially when they first reopen, you know, shoulder-to-shoulder crowds are going to be something they're going to be working very hard to avoid. Those crowds, when the parks are are at, you know, crowd levels that we would categorize as sort of, you know, 8, 9, 10 out of 10 on that the usual, you know, uh, density scale of crowds in the parks – they they need to do everything they can to avoid that level of, of crowding. Um, I don't think we're going to see that for a long time. I mean, I hate to say it, but right. Well, but the question people- is with people who want to get back and experience things, you know, what are the ways that they might go about managing that? And we'll talk about more of the thing. Tim's right. I think there's a whole show here. That's into. a whole show. Yeah. That but, we can all have fun with. Right. One thing to get yeah. out there and, and frankly, I'd love to get some emails, get some, some comments from folks, folks and see what you think about it. But the other piece to this and the reason it relates to tonight's topic is that the other concept that's been floated is that we shouldn't be surprised if we see for the first three to six months, even after the parks were open that there, there will, that they might not allow day guests that the parks might only be available to people who are staying in a Disney hotel on property. guests. Yeah. And I which, think that's a great idea, which invalidates all the places that we were talking about tonight. Uh, well, exactly. exactly. That's the it point, was, right? Is, is right. where do these fall? Because if it's about controlling capacity and keeping the crowd level down, then you know, it means saying to these folks, you know what, we're not going to be able to extend those benefits for a little while just because, you know, for reasons of safety, we need to ramp up slow here. And so that that's going to be the interesting question. And that's safety. Right. I, I think it's going to be a safety issue. And I think, I hate to say it, these resorts are really going to suffer. I mean, they're already going to suffer a lot because conventions are going to be very slow for the next 18 months, I would guess. 
Right. Well, because the problem that conventions have, and again, maybe we're wandering too far off topic, but it is relevant here because, you know, at least a couple of these Disney Springs hotels are convention hotels as well. Um, you know, the, the, the issue with conventions is not only are the conventions that, you know, should have been happening for the last couple of months already, you know, those, those have been canceled. The ones into the summer have already been canceled. And the people who do convention planning, you know, generally they work two years 18 months yeah, yeah exactly 18 to 24 months so, and think of the weddings yeah. that were supposed to have happened and now they don't know where they're going to have their wedding when they can have their wedding like it's yep it's real money yeah so so i guess the reason we say that here and, and we want to bring this back around not to to put a rain cloud over the show but you know on the one hand i mean i guess the bottom line is that that these hotels are not owned by Disney. And so what we're trying to show you is that the, the benefits and bonuses that guests get staying at these hotels have more to do with Disney than they do with these hotels. I think is what it comes down to. Exactly. I think you're absolutely right. hundred percent. I totally agree. So, you know, I mean, if Disney decides that they're ready for more, you know, more guests and they want to open things up slowly. One way to do it is to say, okay, now we're going to move from just Disney owned hotels to Disney owned hotels and our Disney Springs partners, right? That's a way to, to ramp slowly. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that either. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll just have to kind of wait and see. Um, we're all going to be watching it, obviously, and, and talking about it more specifically. Um, but it would certainly have a big impact on, you know, how valuable staying in one of these hotels has uh, for you if you're coming down to to have a, a theme park vacation. And always remember, stay on property. You'll have so much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're opinionated, right? All right. Well, Not gonna, at all. I think we're going to put off talking about those Bonnet Creek properties. We've, we've, yeah. we've referenced them briefly, but they're sort of one-off because they're on land owned by Disney, but they're not run by Disney. Um, and, and so they're, they're kind of a different animal, um, maybe more closely relevant to um, – the the Four Seasons Hotel that's and over. like the Swan and Dolphin, yeah. So maybe we'll talk about those all together. Maybe the the you know Swan and Dolphin, the the Four Seasons, the Hilton, and the Ritz Carlton, because um, right. they they kind of make a logical grouping. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, all right. Well, so you've heard what we think about these Disney Springs hotels, and uh, you know what? Just for fun, sorry. Let's do this one time before we wrap. Um, just as a wrap up. You know, if, if if you were gonna if you were gonna stay in one of these hotels, right? Disney was sold out, and you know you needed a room. Um, which which hotel would you choose for a short stay? Um, Tim, what do you think? That is a, a that's an interesting question, but I think I would choose the Wyndham Lake Wyndham Lake Buena Vista. Okay, so Tim's going to go for the strong value play, right? Going to get the least expensive room he can. That's not going to gross him out. <laughs> no, no, not the, not the garden, not the Wyndham garden, the, right. the other one, the, the, the tower. Okay. Well, now the tower is the one that's, that's been longer since it's been renovated. Yeah, it's true. Um, although by the time you stayed there, it might've been renovated because we know that it was supposed to be coming. We just don't know when it's going to actually happen. And if, uh, if, if we if Disney implements a slow open, like we were talking about, then yeah. they all have the, the, the capacity to do that. Right. That's true. Okay, All right. If they have the money. Right. So, so really, where, where would you stay? Well, I'm going with the easy one. I'm going to the Hilton Buena Vista Palace. It's directly across the street from Disney Springs. You can walk over. It has the Lazy River. It's got awesome views. It's a huge hotel. And I know Kevin there, and Kevin's a great guy. So, Yeah, I, I mean – if you hadn't said Lake Buena Vista, you know, Hilton Lake Buena Vista, I probably would have. Uh, you're going to do Buena Vista Palace. I- I'm actually going to go with a little bit different direction, um, and I'm going to choose B Resort, mostly because it's got some unique room configurations compared to the other hotels that give me some more flexibility with my family and make things a little bit more comfortable with a pair of teenage kids. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. 
All right. Uh, so you all have now heard our thoughts on these Disney Springs hotels. Um, we'd really love to hear your feedback. I mean, look, to be fair, we admit going in that we, we've got a bias for staying on property at Walt Disney World. We've had too many good experiences doing that to not have that bias. Um, so, you know, we're happy to hear comments from folks who can help us make that argument for a, a Disney Springs hotel stay. You can email us at podcast at thesedads.com. You can send us a message or tweet at us on Twitter at This Dad's Podcast. Uh, and we're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash This Dad's Podcast. Uh, you can reach us individually also. You can email me personally at Aaron at Fantastic Memories Travel. Or you could email directly to one of my co-hosts. Uh, if you wanted to be on the show and share some of your thoughts with us in the recording, you would contact Tim at... Tim.hicks at fantasticmemoriestravel.com. And if you want to just chat about why Willie is wrong and is, uh, you know, totally sandbagging the Disney Springs hotels, then you can email him directly at Willie, W I L L I E, at wickedmousetravel.com. Until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Ripmaster with my co-hosts, Willie Crocker. Have a wicked wild night. And Tim Hicks. See you real soon. I don't play a damn... I don't play a damn thing, man. I don't play that thing, man.